problem that we always used to run into was, you know, if you don't have the video aspect of it, uh, you know, you start talking over each other and, you know, shit like that. Sure. So this made it a lot. It makes it. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, exactly. We're still going to talk over each other. I'm your Cypher Dylan, and join me as we look back on the rich history of Doom Metal and its sister sounds based on the recounted tales of its followers. Every week, we will have a different guest to spin their yarn. You can visit the website at diaryofdoom.com, follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook, follow the podcast on diaryofdoom.podbean.com, and subscribe and listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you have a question or want to pitch me something or just feel like giving me some shit, you can fire off an email to diaryofdoom1968 at gmail.com. And uh, we're closing out 420 month by talking about beer. (laughs) Uh, And I'm happy to welcome on to the show uh, Jason Paris from Wake Brewing. He is the the true cult leader at Wake. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, right. No posers. None. So thank you for coming on. Um, and uh, I've I've known about Wake for, I think, about a year. And, you know, uh, probably the way that a lot of people find out about these things, somebody posted it on Instagram or online. Uh, you immediately, you know, put two and two together because you're like, hmm, that, lo- the, that text and that artwork. There's something about this that says that it's a metal brewery and, you know, lo and behold, it is. And uh, yeah, I was checking it out. I wanted to go uh, out two years ago when I was out in Illinois for Dark Lord Day, but uh, I didn't fit into the schedule. Hoping to change that in the future. But I was like, I kind of have to go here. This is like, it must happen. And uh, as uh, alluded to in the preamble, I'm breaking my my no drinking during the week because uh wake brewing recently put together a pretty cool collaboration with bongzilla they're they put out a hazy ipa called nectar collector named after a song that they put out on a seven inch and we could talk about that and the beer's really good had one already when i was watching godzilla versus king kong how um, was that the movie yeah, yeah. It was incredibly stupid, but Big Monkey fought Big Lizard, and those were pretty good. Yeah, man. That's, I mean, you got to expect that with the fucking title. I mean, yeah. It's not going to be heavy on the plot for sure. No. But anyway, uh, but, uh, you know, like leading up to, you know, where you are now, obviously you had to come from something else. And, um, you know, something that I've, I've, um, it's always struck me about, uh, craft beer and metal and especially now because there is such a crossover between the two uh the two worlds um is that they're both uh inhabited by like very intense fandoms 
um, very dedicated followers, you know, and I think it's, it's something to, interesting to like think about. And so like, you know, for you as a brewer at a, at a brewery that has been inspired by heavy metal and, you know, doom metal, stoner metal and all that shit, like, you know, what, like, what's kind of your take on that? Well, I mean, I, I feel like that it's been a long time coming. I think, uh, you know, when I was getting into craft beer and going to my cra first craft beer breweries, I noticed that it was really, really, uh, heavily like hippie jam band like everything yeah, was really I remember like that I remember that oriented. Too. yeah man it was really oriented to that kind of thing and I just and I don't know if it I don't know why but I mean I, I noticed uh when we were when we were getting so me and my brother we'll just we'll go a long way into this so it was about 2004 we uh me and my brother started home brewing and just uh just started getting really into it. It was, uh, I had my first homebrew beer and, uh, at some little tiny ass festival, the homebrew club was like 20 people deep. It was just this weird thing on the side of a fucking street. And, uh, I was just like, wow, man, you can actually make your own beer. And I'm like talking to these guys and they're using fucking five gallon plastic buckets and, you know, just ice and, uh, <laughs> yeah, the old, it, the old yeah, plastic home way. Yeah, so we just started, you know, super interested in it. And we, over the years, we got like really, I feel like uh, we started feeling like we were getting really good at it. And we started doing uh, homebrew competitions and just sending, uh, sending beer all throughout the United States and, you know, to other homebrew clubs. And we started winning awards. At that time, I was leaving like a basic uh, corporate commercial nine to five job <laughs> in about I think it was 2000, 2007 2008 and I just kind of fucking dropped out I mean me and my brother were playing in bands throughout our whole life as little kids up into mid-20s and doing little tiny ass tours making no money but I started booking shows locally just as a side gig and for us to be able to play with better bands I'd convince them to come to town you know, your band and 40 other fucking bands no one cares about opens up for them. <laughs> and we all play way too long and we all take too long to tear down our shit, you know, all the nightmare stuff. Mm -hmm. But I, I felt like I got pretty good at that. And uh, there was a, or there is a club in Rock Island, Illinois called Ribco, Rock Island Brewing Company. And uh, I started, I took that over booking for them. And I noticed there wasn't really... A metal scene at all anymore it got just kind of faded off with other clubs closing down this place happened to also be the beginning of a craft beer uh bar so it had 150 rotating at that time it was kind of merged with we call them imports yeah uh, and then you started seeing like sierra nevada slipping in and uh three floyds early on when three Floyds, I think was just ripping like gumball head to distro and like Robert the Bruce, like really early on. Yeah. And, uh, so th th this is really before the, the craft, craft beer, beer like boom. explosion. Was, yeah. I would say it was about three or four years before that. I think that pretty much took off in about, yeah. What probably like 2000, 
2011, 12, something like that, when he started seeing that. Yeah, I, yeah, I started working in a in a wine shop because in New Jersey it's all under one roof. I don't, I don't. Um, it's not like it's. Is it like that in in Illinois? Is it all under one roof? No, 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 no. You got it. It's totally separated. Okay, I could, um, I couldn't remember, but uh, yeah. So in New Jersey, it's all under one roof, which is nice. But that I remember, I started working there in 2012, and I could not wrap my head around like all this chase stuff and whatever. And then, you know, you get into it and you kind of, you start to, you learn about the, the world and the limited releases and the breweries on the other side of the country. And to think like, Oh, you know, there's this, all this, like, uh, it's like, so, um, it was so romanticized by the time I think I started to get a little more into it where you're, you're hearing about all these like whale, the whales as they called them. And, you're like, man, I'll never try that beer. And it's like, wow, I, all this shit that I was thinking was never going to show up is all over the place now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely changed. I mean, that went so I, I was booking bands and um, really getting into the home brewing. And then I started taking over and curating their craft beer list. And that was when that first wave, when all of a sudden Dogfish Head was coming into town and you were tasting, we were getting kegs of 120 or three Floyds has zombie dust and you had friends beer mailing you Russian river, yeah. you know, just all kinds of just, I remember the first time somebody brought in a bottle of dark Lord and we were all like, Holy fuck. Like, what is this? You know? And I mean, I, I love Russian Imperial stouts, but the marketing and the branding behind dark Lord was just, it was something I never seen before. It was, I mean, you had heavy hitters, but it was, Dark Lord's what did it. I mean, Dark Lord popped off everything. Everything about like even like any kind of crap beer brewery owes it to that beer. I mean, that was the OG whale. It was either that or maybe Pliny by Russian yeah. River and maybe uh what is it, the Alchemist, uh Hetty Topper, probably those three. But yeah, I think for I think for big beer chasers big beer like brewery festivals like that kind of it's three floyds dark lord period kbs for a while too especially in new jersey yeah i mean i think i think that came to me if i maybe have a line of yeah yeah kbs i just remember that i could get kbs when it first started like i could still get cake of it and stuff but i couldn't touch getting a bottle of dark lord and that's way closer to to me so i mean just uh yeah i mean at that point you know i just started looking at it and going like man i i love booking bands i know there's going to be a point that i'm out of touch and i don't know what you know i'm not going to be ahead of the curve anymore and i kind of just wanted something that uh that I could display my art, you know, like you watch bands night after night and you're sitting from the side of the stage and you're just like, I'm stoked that I brought that and that these, everyone out here is enjoying it. But I kind of want to, you know, I want to display my own artwork. And so we just, uh, started doing all the paperwork and all the business plan took about three years to get it all and got turned down by numerous banks. And then finally everything just kind of fucking fell in line. And, November 2017, we opened the doors. Yeah, man. It's been fucking wild. 
It's been a while. I'll bet. I mean, that's is usually the how a lot of the that like a you know I've watched one or two beer documentaries, and that's usually how like the story goes. It's like you go through some wild, crazy shit. But I think maybe I think it's that it's it's the DIY aspect of it, right? Like you oh, got to do all this shit whether you're in a band, you're in a brewery and, you know, bars obviously are so integral to the culture of, of, you know, live music and especially in metal. Like the idea of a metal bar was funny to me before I got way into metal. Like it was just sort of like kind of a joke, you know, but then people started talking about them as you, you know, get older and it gets into the lexicon more. And it's like, oh yeah, we went to a metal bar the other day. You know, they're talking about like, you know, I don't know, St. Vitus in Brooklyn or something like that. And people are like, oh, it was like weird, but cool. And, you know, you're kind of like, huh, that's kind of strange. And now heavy metal is so in the the forward lexicon as is craft beer, you know? I mean, like- Yeah, it just, I I think (laughs) it's a lot to do with, I mean, with Wake, it was a- a vision you know it was like what what how do we want to separate ourselves apart from everyone else around us in our immediate area and i was i mean it's no lie i mean i'm a fan of metal i'm a fan of music you know growing up and being into metal and t-shirts and the merchandise and just every the visual aspect of a metal band is just godlike you know Mm. like especially growing up when i did and you didn't really have so much of the internet you're opening up a fucking gatefold and you've got like whoever fucking motley crew hanging off spikes and shit you know and smoke mm. and you know it was like my kiss or whatever and it just i felt like it was visually appealing uh so i started looking around and i mean i knew of true but i really started digging into kind of like oh there's you know trues oh you know this looks fucking awesome this looks like visually like it's exciting it's more than just i didn't want to open up a brewery that looked like a fucking sports bar or like you know some shitty tin on the side of the walls with you know i wanted or, some, I wanted or a place that looks like a crap shop <laughs> yeah i'm just like i go into so many fucking breweries and i'm just like man your beer is so good but fuck man you etsied out in this motherfucker like, <laughs> yeah you know it's just it gets so just like i don't know man i just wanted the whole the whole thing like i wanted i looked at it like i looked at the bands that i was booking for the past 13 years and i was just like i want that fucking merch table like because it's it makes it more than just the beer it's like the full package i want good visuals on social media you know i just started i really catered to what bands were doing because i mean they're out there grinding all across the united states and if it works, it works, you know, and it just, I feel like craft beer is, a even as much as it's gotten so, uh, you know, everyone knows about craft beer now. I mean, my mom drinks craft beer, you know, I never would have thought that. And it's nothing on, nothing against her. I mean, she, she did the same thing as everyone else, you know, got into Blue Moon and then her kids are brewing and now she comes in a couple times a week and sits at the in the bar with the regulars and has a couple beers, you know, and it's, it's great. I just, I, I wanted to make sure that it was real. Like what we did was like, 
fucking honest and real. And I, it was all our own money. Like I don't, me and my brother don't have like some hidden lawyers that are backing us or some fucking doctor that thinks it'd be cool to like what, what the fuck ever he wants to do. Like, and that's been, I think the success is we're just, we're honest. We're just like, yeah, I don't, I can fucking wash dishes and pay my house payment. So I'm just at that point where I just, I don't fucking care. You know, I'm going to do my art. I'm going to do the best that I can at it. And it's going to be fucking really loud and really fucking metal in here. And you don't like it. Take a four pack and get the fuck out, you know, kind of thing. Like I just don't, we just kind of got that mode where we're just like, just, if you're just fucking gnarly and honest about what you are, then it's going to fucking pop off. You know, there's enough breweries that are opening that are based around the idea that you can make money on craft beer and you can, but that's probably pretty short-sighted, you know, because it's a fucking long game, you know, shit ain't cheap. You know I mean? If we did everything we could, it's the building too small. Sure. You know, it's, do I wish I could have afforded a double sized brewery than what we have like beer? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, it was all within the means to create the freedom that we wanted. And right. uh, yeah, so we hung up our Lemmy painting day one, you know, cranked music and just went for it. You know, just I I feel like metal and being in a metal band is kind of like, you know, operating a fucking pirate ship, you know, you know, it's just like, it's the most, uh, it's still really caveman, archaic looking, mm -hmm. really primal in the way it still works. Like, especially when I was dealing with bands, cause I booked all genres. So everything from outlaw country to hip hop, to pop music, to hippie jam bands, to metal I brought in. And I really noticed that the people that were really grinding the hardest were all the metal bands. I mean, they were just, they were also the, the most uh, respectful and grateful for having a place and having you, you know, kick off their journey. The, the club that I booked is kind of like lower mid-level. So you would mm -hmm. see a lot of bands coming up or we were the place where, a band like Clutch would go and tour like three, three times across the United States, and they'd do that last pickup, and they would come through Rock Island on a Monday just to grab it, you know. And yeah. it's just I got a chance to work with a lot of great bands, and I just noticed that that's who I wanted to be with. I wanted to be with my own. Like I just I I wanted to make sure that Wake was uh, was fucking brutal, you know. <laughs> just like I just. I wanted a home for them. You know, I wanted a home for like-minded people in my area, you know, and just over the years and these beer festivals, you start noticing, you're like, oh man, I'm not alone. Like there's a lot of us out there. Like, and it's oh, cool no, because I knew, I knew a metal guy who was into craft beer before all this yes. or, or when this was probably like, you know, in its infancy and uh, I still fucking see that guy, at, uh, or well, I used to see him at fucking St. Vitus all the time. Right, <laughs> I was in right. Las Vegas, and I was like, "You're here," <laughs> and you realize that the world is much smaller than you think it is. Absolutely, absolutely. All the people that I 
probably hung out with and had beers in circles in places like Psycho Vegas. And then I meet like two years later in the industry and we're like, oh, you know, so-and-so. And then you'd start realizing you look back through your fucking phone and here you are standing with my buddy Barnaby, you know, like, I mean, we were, we crossed paths a million fucking times and it wasn't until really the first decibel that we were invited to in Los Angeles that we actually were set up next to each other. And just, it was just weird, like how small the world is and how much you do gravitate towards each other, whether you want to or not, or whether you're trying to or not, like that circle will keep getting smaller and you will have like those opportunities to connect, you know? Yeah. And it's one of those things where, as I've learned, it's like, as soon as you like said hello to somebody, it was like, kind of you're in. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) That's, I mean, the metal community is the most welcoming community too. Like I just, I don't, not a lot of shit talking, man. I mean, if you're, if you're in, you're in, you know, cause it's literally, it still feels like it did when I was in like fourth and fifth, fifth grade. It's like us versus them kind of thing. And if you've got a foot up on something, the first person you're going to turn to is like, for us is like, Oh, we want to do a TV commercial. Cool. You think we can get Bongzilla to do the song? Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Could it shoot a text. And next thing you fucking know is on my local news station i'm running 30 second commercial with bongzilla smoking weed and playing music really loud with a that happens to have a beer on an amp for like a half a second you know then just flashes wake and you know local news has to deal with it because i i pay the fucking payment you know so (laughs) that's awesome yeah so i guess specifically what was first your passion for music right over oh yeah over the beer i come from uh my family is like rockers, you know, I mean, it was like, I try to think about like, there's pictures of like, uh, me, like as a little kid with big bulky fucking headphones on, like listening to my dad's records, probably just fucking destroying them. But, you know, looking back at it, like, uh, my babysitter, the first album I ever owned, my babysitter gave me Ozzy Osbourne speak of the devil in like, 1982 you know so or 82 83 whenever the fuck came out so i'm probably like first grade you know i've got like a double live vinyl of ozzy who all i see is this fucking dude that's spitting out what looks to be like bat guts i mean you get (laughs) you get older and you're just like oh it's fucking jelly or caviar or some shit i'm not that scared you know but as a little tiny kid you open that up and it's like they're fucking on stage in a castle and like ripping all these Sabbath tunes. And then my first cassette was, I remember there was this little, like, I don't know if you know what venture is, but it was like a store chain that was kind of like Kmart and it could have been Kmart too. I mean, just a really basic, if you were poor, you shop there and we were poor, but they had this uh, little cassette bargain bin. I remember knowing what black Sabbath was and grabbing, it was called live at last. And it's like, just a live recording of Black Sabbath that I guess was unauthorized or whatever, but they had them all the time for like 99 cent bargain bin. That was the first cassette. First out, first concert I went to was my mom took me in 1986 to see Wasp. So that was pretty fucking dope. My second 
Second was about three months later, I seen Metallica on Master of Puppets with Armored Saint. Oh, wow. Just like, yeah, it was fuck. And I was like the smallest kid. So they kind of pushed me up to the side front of it. Got to meet the whole band. Cliff, everyone was right front there. I mean, who would it? I mean, I, they all look like monsters and just like fucking, you know, gods, you know, and it was just, uh, yeah, I was hooked, man. I mean, fourth grade, my fourth grade picture, which I'd rather not ever become public because it's a fucking hella mullet. Uh, <laughs> is uh me and an aussie for president shirt you know so it's just like but all my uncles just fucking typical scumbag fucking dirt head weed smoking you know partiers that had acdc sabbath you know fucking rainbow early iron maiden judas priest album so i mean and i could just go over there and just comb through they were probably too fucking stoned to understand I was stealing from them, but I got, <laughs> I, I had a pretty rad co- collection pretty early on, you know, my, my stepfather played like in a local, uh, cover band, you know, he taught me guitar, you know, bought me my first guitar, my little brother, who's the head brewer at wake and mm. the co-owner Justin plays drums. So, I mean, we were always just, making fucking noise yeah metal and music in general because i mean when you're that young you don't really understand that there's metal music and there's other music too you start getting older because i remember like loving the clash stray cats fucking huey lewis you know what i'm saying like when you're a little kid you don't distinguish like ozzy speak of the devil and fucking you know huey lewis and the new sports you know you're just like oh it's cool you know those are adults doing adult things you know that looks, <laughs> you know i want a new drug too whatever that means you know but i got addicted to going to concerts that are really like i said early fifth grade fourth grade fifth grade i was going to concerts just anything i could see that anyone would take me to i mean i would i would be going to a concert probably every other month and my mother was just super supportive of it. You know, she's just kind of like throughout the whole life was just, uh, you know, one of those things where she would, uh, she'd basically say, Hey dude, you can do what you need to do. Just make sure you're decent at your, you know, give me better than average grades at school and you can fucking do what you want, you know? And so you only really screw up a couple times before you feel <clears throat> super bad. Like all your friends are like, uh, dude, let's go see, you know, Oh, fuck whoever it was, you know, Iron Maiden. Let's go see Iron Maiden. Megadeth is opening up for him, you know, two hours away. Tell your mom you're staying over at my place. I'll tell him. I was like, I can just tell my mom I'm going to see fucking Iron Maiden, dude. As long as I can wake up and get to school at seven, you know, so it was. I had a, I had a pretty sweet upbringing, you know, I was super supportive. You have long hair when you're a little kid, you get your ass kicked a lot, you know, but you learn to kick ass too, you know? So it's just like, you don't take a whole lot of shit because either way they're going to, you know, come beating up the long hair fucking dirt head, you know, and you better learn how to fucking defend yourself back. So, you know, I had a nice little crew of kids. I remember the first time hearing ride the lightning, you know, over at my buddy's house, just had a bootleg tape. Somebody made of him. It was like, 
venom black metal on one side ride lightning on the other and it was before you know mid 85 and i just remember how like intense it was like it was like those opening like little acoustic guitar like classic stuff with fight fire with fire and then it just like ripped my fucking head off i was yeah yeah i got fond memories of it it was mostly as i've said a lot it was mostly fm radio for me and uh i'm assuming like your concert going period was like also you know that early 2000s and into the early you know 2010s i mean that's like that stretch of time right there is such a definition for a lot of the bands that we talk about on this podcast. Sure. And you don't, and you don't, but you don't think of it of it as like, like, Oh, this was like the era that like, you know, Prince did this in concert. It's like, right. None of these bands were big. And like, if yeah. they were known, it was just cause like they fucking toured a lot, but like, you know, there's a reason clutch just fucking toured a lot. Cause like, well, a, they rock, but you know, they're like a working band. So they're just like going, 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 going. But there's so many bands from this era that just sort of like rode that underground wave. And uh, it's just, you know, here we are where everything has now come forward. Yeah. yeah I mean, you, you think about a band like sleep and I mean, when sleep was out there grinding originally, they weren't playing, like the the arenas they're playing now and dessert they deserve it all for for the grind i mean i remember the first time i seen high on fire and i think it was a place called harry mary's in des moines and there was like fucking 40 people just because some knew i didn't know who the fuck they were you know i knew of them but i'd never listened to them you know and i just but it was a weekend i wanted to go see a show and i just remember just being like okay yeah so this is a thing <laughs> you know this fucking band was just insane it was insane it's probably i think the first or second album i can't remember and they fucking those records slap yeah well i mean yeah I, to me i think uh, if i had to pick a definitive metal band that i just still going today high on fire is the best band best band I in my opinion were... in my opinion best band like i mean you get everything you want out of it you get the sludge you get the fucking motorhead you get randy Rhodes style fucking ripping solos you know i mean it's just it's got it all you know and as a trio it's just a fucking powerhouse i mean just fucking monsters i mean there's yeah they are one of the bands i've seen the most is there like a specific record that you think is the one well you said it was the ozzy one that that oh i mean that that, that was my yeah, that was my first record. I think the one I attach to the most is probably an Ozzy record, though. It's like Diary of a Madman. Mm. Like, it just, I feel like it's, it's like that perfect moment, like 82, where the mystery of a band was still, you look at it and it's all fucking satanic looking, but it's kind of also just fantasy, kind of goofy, too, I guess, in a way. Yeah. Like, I look at it now, it's like, it's almost like watching, like, I don't know if you've ever seen the original Children of, of the Corn. It's like, actually, I haven't. I, yeah, well, you're <laughs> not on be... me. I probably, I should have, you know, I like, I dig horror movies. I should have seen that one. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm just, I'm basically telling you, like, they're fucking 13 year old kids. And you look at it as an adult and you're like, 
why the fuck was I scared of this? Like, <laughs> I had to fucking smack the shit out of this kid, man. Can, you know, get to my car and get the fuck out of there. But that's how I look at like that was the one. That was the one that just kind of clicked it all in for me, where I was just like, this is this connects with me. This has everything I want out of it. It sounds like a creepy horror flick. It 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 just is really like moved in cool ways. Just it was heavy. The drums were really fast. And yeah. I mean, still to this day, I can turn it on and just it takes me back to like just being a fucking kid and hearing the opening drums and that are just i think it's over the mountain it's just like fucking killer drums yeah that would be the one yeah so yeah <laughs> i like i used to just yeah i loved ozzy now on the first I, slide oh sorry i cut you off yeah no 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 i um, was just gonna ramble <laughs> uh, but on the flip side do you remember your first beer i remember the first okay so the first beer I can do two. I can give you my first beer and the first time I had what made me fall in love with craft beer. That was going to be my oh. follow-up question. Okay, cool. So the first beer I remember I was in, I was in seventh grade and on our way to school, you know, you kind of grouped with a couple of your friends. You would all meet up and then walk to school together. And one of my buddies, his name was Nathan. His dad had like one of those pull behind trailers. So they would go camping on the fucking weekend and fish or whatever. And I remember him going like, Hey man, my dad's got a bunch of beer still in the trailer. You know, you want one? And I was like, man, it's like 95 fucking degrees out, you know, a cold, anything sounds great. He's like, Oh no, they're not cold. Like, I mean, the trailer has been shut down. So we cracked open <laughs> and each oh. drank and, probably that trailer is probably sitting for a couple weeks so it's like four week old hot pbr oh and it, was a, it was a fucking pbr it was like it, i didn't i didn't like yeah i didn't run back to have another beer i think i probably did it just to keep doing it you know just because right everyone else was but that was the yeah that was a shitty beer that was a <laughs> shitty beer <laughs> oh. Ugh. You know, my friends and I have a thing with PBR is that uh, we can drink PBR, but once it gets down to like the last, like, I don't know, like the last two ounces, it just tastes really nasty for some reason. So we always would have just like, we would go to like, you know, uh, I like I would see my friends in college and they'd have PBR and there'd just be all these cans and you would just, you could pick them up the next day and clean up and everything would have beer. So you couldn't be throwing them places because we just would never finish right. the beer. I, I still do that. I, I barely ever will pound my whole beer. I always, it's my grandpa would do that. And I remember I would collect his cans and take them back, mm -hmm. get fucking a nickel or whatever. And he liked to drink. So, you know, you could buy cars and shit with what he would go through in a week. But I would grab his beers and I remember always having to fucking dump them out. And I asked him one time, he's like, I don't want to drink back spit. And I kind of thought, you spit in your own fucking beer, dude. Like what? <laughs> you don't know how to swallow yet. You know, I just, I didn't fucking understand it, you know? So, so you're still, fucking I 65 I, years old. What have you been yeah, doing? Yeah, you've been doing this all wrong. You know, so I, just, <laughs> I got to, yeah, I don't really back spit or spit in my beer, but I don't finish my beers. I think just out of, maybe it was a nod to him. I also do when I'm in just like, cool hole in the walls or just 
regular ass bars. I drink PBR and I drank it before the wave. I drank it because that was my dad's beer mm-hmm. and my dad would drink it. And so he would leave his in the fridge. And so you could actually drink cold beer underage at, at my father's house. Oh, um, freezing but it cold was, PBR is really not that bad. It like freezing cold. Oh, yeah. it's, it's great because it doesn't really taste like anything. It's as soon as it warms up is like when it gets yeah. nasty. Where where I live, the area, it's called the West End of Davenport, Iowa, and it's a working class area. And every bar has, they don't just uh, put beers in the cooler. They like have coolers with ice and they pack all the cans and they just, it's so fucking cold, dude. I don't know how any, I, it's beyond cold. Like, and no bitch, but the, you also learn to drink really quick. Yeah, because you want to keep it completely ice cold. So the West End has an abundance of fucking alcoholics, too. <laughs> but I, I gravitated towards PBR because I could get up and go take a piss and leave my can there. And no one else drank that beer. So no one was ever stealing your beers. You could have a fresh one, not even cracked yet. Mm-hmm. Go outside, smoke a joint, go take a piss, come back in. Your PBR is still sitting there. Somebody's Bush Light or Coors Light. That fucking shit's gone. Somebody's pounding on that, but yeah. Oh, fuck that shit. Ugh. Yeah. So I drink. I, yeah. I have. I have some love for PBR. Yeah. So first craft beer. I even remember the place. So it's me and my brother throughout the years played metal rock. We got into like uh, indie rock and alternative music too. And we were playing in this band and we happened to be playing in Athens, Georgia. I've got 2004. Sorry, I have like this poster from the actual fest mm-hmm. that we did. And it was 2004. Um, we were playing this place called the 40 Watt Club, legendary club, yeah, fucking yeah, killer yeah. place. And we wanted to go get a beer somewhere that wasn't the fest. So we went to this mellow thing was called mellow mushroom or magic mushroom mellow mushroom yeah yeah mellow mushroom so this this one i guess it's a chain now but i think that the athens georgia was the og one but i remember walking in and going like oh let's get a pitcher of beer and it was just me and my brother and we're i was like it was back when imports were still the thing in my area anyway and i was like hey we'll take a picture of uh guinness you know thinking like oh yeah we're fucking like She's like, sorry, bud, we don't have Guinness, but if you like stouts, you'd probably like this porter. And I'm just kind of in my brain. I don't know what the fuck a porter is kind of thing. <laughs> I probably had them, but just didn't really connect it. And I was just like, she seemed to know what she was talking about. And it was, uh, she's like, oh, it's this beer. It's called Grant's Perfect Porter. And we got a picture of it. And I just remember it, it was a match it it was fucking a magical moment like to the point where like we both took a drink and we're like oh it's dark it looks like a guinness you know or a saint Pauli girl dark and we drink and we're just like what in the fuck is this (laughs) and we proceeded to drink like fucking five pictures of it between me and him and then our set an hour later i don't even remember playing i was told it was decent you know but (laughs) I think the we chose the more proper line, but I remember at that point I knew there was like, then we were going on the East Coast and even we didn't even get like things like Newcastle. So 
touching on Newcastle the first time and then trying like in Arlington, Virginia, we played someplace and it was a really good, like actual regional craft beer. I can't really remember the craft beers, but it was probably in the line of like Sierra Nevadas and stuff like that. And just kind of going like, holy shit, you know, what is this? You know, I mean, so then coming back home, you know, you're, you're trying to find it. And I, I remember I talked to this chain, it was called old Chicago and it had, it's still around. I don't, like I said, I, I don't know what's like Midwest shit and what's like nationwide, but it's a fucking pretty cool pizza joint that has a ton of great. It's craft not here. Beer. So it's, as far as I'm concerned, it's your neck of the woods. All right, cool. And I talked them into getting grants and they kept it on tap for us all the time. And so we were able to get it. And Bert Grant, who's like the OG god of craft beer, he's the first, he was the first, from what I've read, he was the first uh, brewery to ever distro outside of their area. So he was in in Portland and uh, Grant's was the first, like they have books written about him he would always carry around hops and whenever he would have to go to a bar and drink like Budweiser, he would just crush and throw whole cone hops in his <laughs> beer. So he could have some kind of flavorful aroma. It, it just bizarre. But I, I remember I was single at the time and I was on a date and took my date there because I had Grant's perfect Porter because I wanted to drink it. And I remember the waitress coming up going like, Hey, so Grant's closed, and this is the last cake we're able to get. Well, Burnt Grant, I guess, died, and uh, they just closed. It was like fucking Willy Wonka. They just shut the gates. That was it. And I just remember just looking at this girl. I was just like, hey, man, I'm going to get really fucked up. So <laughs> we're killing I, this keg. Yeah, and I mean, we I went for it. We couldn't kill it, but I mean, I definitely had my fill. Me and her dated for a while, so it didn't totally ruin it. But <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't the best, you know, step forward, first steps together. But I own a fucking brewery now. And I'm not dating her, so I guess we're all good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're happily married as far as I know. <laughs> yeah, super, super. It's been that's, a yeah. That is a very interesting story. And, like, that's that's what I'm talking about. It's, like, that level of, like dedication as like a fan you're just like that thing fucking affected my life so much that i'm willing to sacrifice a chunk of my liver for it right now yeah absolutely <laughs> i remember yeah i mean it was fucking worth it i mean and it just it did open up it did cross over and remind me a lot of the first time that i heard probably like real rock and roll or real metal or mm. first time hearing that black sabbath you know cassette tape and just being like Oh, this is mine. And then like listening to just like, what in the fuck is this? This is just, just an other level. Like, I don't know why certain music connects with certain people. Like it's just, but it does. I mean, there's people that love hip hop and old school jazz and deep blues. I mean, there's lovers of all kinds of music. Like I love all genres of musics and i used to work in a record store when i was younger and i just remember just being amazed at how people were fiendish <laughs> over every every style you know so it just showed me that there's just killer killer music in every genre if you just know the right person to kind of go like 
no, that's garbage. Check this out. And then he listened to you like, this motherfucker's got good taste, you know, like just well-rounded. And I felt like that's the same way with craft beer. I don't know what it was that just kind of like, you know, all my friends at that time were Bud Light drinkers. I would, you know, easily, you know, most of my friends growing up did not get, weren't on. I have a completely different set of craft beer drinking friends. Mm hmm you know, or I probably have a different set of fucking friends completely. So now, but I just, I, I definitely know I, I was one of the few that like, I didn't have a lot of people to share craft beer with early on. Mm -hmm. So it just, it, it did change me somehow or connected with me in some way. Well, yeah. I, I, I think one of the things that was a boon to craft beer was the internet for sure. Um, yeah. And the same thing with metal and, you know, specifically, I really feel like, you know, the like kind of the doom metal and doom adjacent bands. And it, it just it's probably that underground thing. You know, I mean, I obviously have come into it way late in the game, you know, so I'm not <laughs> trying to suggest yeah. like I am any kind of authority on it, you know, but I look, I'm well read. <laughs> right, right. On well, subject matter. And it, it, I think that's another one of the similarities there between the two. Yeah. I think they point together. Yeah. I think that the internet just changed everything in good ways and bad ways. I mean, I could argue the point that, you know, it's a bummer that we don't have that, you know, but it's, I guess it's there though. I guess uh, I still buy records and I still collect records but that's almost like a subgenre in itself of listening to music. And I just, I feel like social media and the internet were able to connect all these, like you're able to find your tribe. And then all of a sudden you're just kind of like promoting this and it just keeps growing bigger and bigger. I don't think, I don't think even like doom wouldn't be as big as it is today, which I mean, it's still, I would say, you know, it's, it's still underground to a point, but I just, I don't think it would be as big if you didn't, somehow it connected, like the internet just was, you know, you, you were able to, yeah, you were able just to connect differently, man. And I mean, you were able to like these craft beers, you were able to see people hype them like their area. The dudes on the West coast were Love and Pliny, you know, rightfully so. I mean, it was a fucking magical beer for its time, you know? And this is back in the day of, like, message boards and whatnot. Like, New fucking news groups. Like, you're yeah. just in, like, net, I don't even remember, altnet dot backslash craft beer <laughs> dildo, whatever. <I> mean, <laughs> you get... Dr. Astronaut here, yeah, drinking another right. Pliny. And, yeah. and, then, and, then, and, and then inevitably as it does 10 years down the road, you meet Dr. Astronaut in real life, you know, yeah, as absolutely. we are talking now, you know, like I'm saying yeah. that as a joke, as we are literally like, you know, doing it, we're, we're fucking connected, you know, and we're, and I've realized that we've been in the same place. Yeah. At the same time. And oh, just, well, I mean, if you were in, weird. yeah, if you were at dark Lord two years ago, that would have been, we were invited we had our beer at Dark Lord, you know, wake our first year being open. Chris 
and I'm sure with the help of Barnaby, Chris, the head brewer there, he welcomed us after, you know, meeting each other at a decibel fest and connecting and we were both pouring. We had mutual friends. And so we were hanging out and I remember just in those ways of just fucking going for it. And it, I use social media. I didn't have his fucking number and I just kind of hit him up and I was like, man, it was really great to meet you. And I'm just going to do this because I just kind of feel like if I don't, it won't happen, you know, right now. And I just want to see, is there a possibility? Would you consider a way coming to dark Lord? He's like, hit me back within like 30 fucking seconds. It's like, fuck yes. I'll send you an email and uh, connect you with who takes care of it. And I'm just like, I just think more people should jump off the fucking edge in life, man. Just do it. Like, I mean, it's, I mean, this is, that's how I'm talking to you. Yeah. I mean, literally, I mean, it's just, you shot an email and I was just Hopkins vouched for you and said he had a fucking good time. And I was just like, I watched that episode and I was like, yeah, man, I'm fucking game. Let's do this. You know? And the same, I just, I wish more people would kind of like look at their dreams and kind of go like social media is free, dude. You make fucking belt buckles you do leather work, you do whatever, like start posting it, start hitting up friends, you know, start tagging. I mean, right now it's still the fucking wild, wild west. I mean, they're gonna smash down on us cause they're trying to, but like, I don't take out print ads like in local papers. The only reason why I take out the TV ad is because <laughs> it combines with the craft beer, uh, series on tv or i wouldn't do it and it's it's affordable enough to make sense and i know all the people that are putting the series on so i wanted to support them but i wouldn't take out fucking tv i purposely put shit like bongzilla or brian barr from a seethe or you know john from fucking conan just ripping a fucking big loud amp for 30 seconds just making noise just because i want to fuck with people you know, it's not, it's not to drive people into my bar, you know, it's just to be like, Hey, come to fucking Dr. Euros and have a Euro. And then all of a sudden my fucking commercial kicks in. It's just this wall of fucking loudness for 30 seconds. I just want to fuck with people, you know, and, mm -hmm. and support my friends that are doing a cool series, you know? So it's just, and I'm sure that even that tactic has gotten someone to be like, that was fucking weird. We should go. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm sure it works in some way. It probably actually, it probably works better than I think. You know, I do get a lot of response on like, man, I fucking just heard this noise and came out and it was your, most of them are people that are already come to the place, but I'm sure we won over some people where they're like, this is fucking bizarre. But I like and it. It's, but I like it. Yeah. And they have oh, good beer. Yeah, they find out that we can actually brew beer too, which is a plus. Owning a brewery to be able to like fucking do good stuff. My 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 brother's a phenomenal brewer. Like, and yes, Scott he is. Hats yeah. off to him. This is right, really right. good. So I appreciate. All that. right. So there's a question, and I I mean I had the same question written down. So I'm not trying to sound so like. I'm a little drunk. Uh, <laughs> so there's a question. Um, you know, at this point in the game with craft beer, like we're talking about Nectar Collector, like, you know, the hazy IPA just became such like a big thing. 
And, you know, there's always these wave. There were always these waves of the next big thing in craft beer. And I remember it. I mean, it's, yeah. it was like, it was uh, the hoppiest beers of all time. Then it was the lowest, then it was as low as you can go uh, to make it more sessionable. The bourbon barrel, imperial stouts, sours, the gozas, uh, and then like, and then IPA fucking madness. And now I haven't really seen, and I kind of have been away from the craft beer, like more into the craft beer scene. Uh, once it seemed once things started becoming more nationally available, because at that point, you know, like I'd gone to Dark Lord and I was going to like breweries and brewery events and in the New Jersey and New York area and shit like that and like visiting stuff while traveling. And, you know, you just as you said, if you are cool and want to be sharing, uh, most people are going to like kind of take care of you and be like, oh, man, you know, you're into this like uh here try some of this you know whatever i went i remember i went to two roads in connecticut talked to the sales rep and went up and visited them and like they broke out shit that they didn't even put out for sale and i mean it was dynamite the stuff was amazing but i'm but now where we are like do you, and i guess kind of a two twofold like for you starting in 2017 and being where we are just a few years later what's kind of changed for you and then do you think that like craft beer is kind of like like kind of at its max like or do you, it's is it at the oversaturation point yeah i i actually think well i feel like before covid happened i feel like covid was the nail in the coffin for the oversaturation mm-hmm. you know i do feel like there were a lot of people you know i even think at 2017 i we tried for i wanted to be open a year earlier and i think that that's there was a big difference. I mean, when we filed, I think compared to when we filed and got our TTB license compared to now, there's like 5,000 more breweries in the US or some insane fucking number. And it was insane when we got in, but when we were trying to get in, it it was nowhere close. It's like tenfold from even like two, 2016 when we got the TTB to opening or whatever to now it was it's just fucking tenfold i feel like a lot i feel like it's oversaturated in the way that we we're now seeing and started to see a lot of people that were just kind of going like oh that's a fucking money maker like that's gonna make me money and they're all fucking just tanking you know because it anything's money can make money, but it's like, how much do you need, man? Like, I don't need all the toys in the sandbox. Like, I, I'm, I'm good. You know, I just, uh, I do feel like it's oversaturated, I guess, in the long form. And I think COVID, the long-term effects of COVID, not just whatever the virus, but really the long-term effects of what it's had on businesses. I mean, I think we've seen a couple three or four around our area that folded and i'm sure we'll see a couple more in the next year just on the long-term effect of not having that solid year of being able to sell no matter if you open the doors near back to business i mean if you did a huge expansion 
and then two months later they shut down the fucking world for a year i mean the yeah. bank's only going to hold that note for so long but i just I've, i i was starting to feel like and i do feel like there's a lot of people that are and maybe people felt like this when we were doing it too so i i don't want to sound like the get off my lawn kind of shit but i mean i have big it's pretty blatantly obvious when you see somebody who's just kind of like in it for just the monetary just trying to fucking oh this is how i'm going to be a millionaire or some kind of shit you know and it's just like yeah dude welcome to a factory fucking job you know <laughs> like it's not all like hey we it's not people on a news group talking about fucking pliny anymore like i mean it's like it's it's real you got to be able to because the level now of people being able to brew i feel like it's hard to it's hard to kind of think of what is that ultimate IPA now because there's got to be somebody in your neighborhood that can just fucking rip an IPA. And yeah, it's just hard. Like the standouts, and then I start tasting ones that I really thought were godlike, and I'm just kind of like, it's pretty good. I do feel like everything's like gonna go in circles. I don't see, you know, there's been some there's been some that we've. Uh, dodged like i we didn't do milkshake ipas and yeah what i'm gonna talk about it's no just any brewery that does that style or some styles that i might not like i mean we have our own lanes but i just remember tasting them and me and my brother i was just like we wanted to do one because we were seeing you you, you always want to be challenged and you're just kind of like okay well can we fucking do this like you want to see if and maybe brewing it maybe you can realize what you were missing but we we tasted so many of them and just had all our local beer nerds like drop us off like the epic ones they were getting mailed and we shared them all and we just kind of wrote notes and i remember we went to a local brewery and we had one and that was kind of the defining moment we ended up having all the stuff and we created the recipe and we were drinking one more and i just looked at my brother, I was like, man, what do you think? And he's like, I just don't dig them. And I was like, I don't fucking like them either. They taste like fucking Flintstone vitamins to me. You know, <laughs> some shit. And that was just it. I was like, well, I don't want to do something if we don't have any passion behind it. Like there's a certain thing where coming out of like a homebrew club when we did, like you got dinged for hazy IPAs. Like if your shit was murky, that that's a flaw. You know, you got points taken off you when you were competing, but there was this wave of, you know, you were getting shit like Heady Topper. And we were sitting there, me and my brother were drinking them. And we're like, I don't know, man, they're kind of good. You know, they're, they're nice. You know, at first we had the argument, like, should they be called an IPA? You know, because I mean, when you're taking that much of the bittering hop addition out of it, like you're really losing the punch of an IPA. But I feel like with everything, man, there's blurred lines, like, and you just got to find the lane and passion. And I feel like with our hazies, we do have probably a little bit more of a bittering charge than what most people like out of a juicy IPA of sorts or whatever, but it's kind of our take on it. And Having just finished one, uh, I can right. say it's very juicy. <laughs> I appreciate that. I just, I, I don't think they're going anywhere. I mean, I, I think, you know, we did like a brute IPA. That fucker's gone. You're not going to be seeing like a wave of brute IPAs now. No. I feel like this, 
slushy thing is going to come and go. And, you know, it's a bummer for any brewery that put all of their passion and, but I, that's just not, not sounding shitty. I just, I mean, I, I feel like that's an alcoholic beverage, but it's not beer. You know, yeah. just, people can like them. I mean, I don't, people probably look at my fucking record collection and think it's shit at times too. I mean, these are all <laughs> like, I'm happy that people are doing them and people are enjoying their time doing with whatever. I just, I feel like some of the stuff is a stretch on what they call beer. You know, I agree with that. I, I definitely agree with that. Like what's, what's funny is that I, I remember I went back to my job at the liquor store after I left another job <laughs> uh, right. because it wasn't fun uh, and it wasn't good. I remember I was doing buying at the other store and was starting. That was kind of when I became aware of that, like the major breweries were starting to do the more culty underground stuff. And that's kind of when I was like, okay, I think now we're starting to. And then what I, uh, what I started to notice was that most of them were not good. They didn't really know what they were doing. They were jumping on the trend. And I said, okay, I think we're starting to hit that point where this is like kind of starting to like eat itself. And it's right. not. And, you know, I remember reading an article about how there were breweries that were just stopping production on a lot of their sort of starting beers, which were more old world style beers. But now that style, that seems to be the, the new trend. Uh, leaning towards lagers, pilsners, uh, a lot of golden ales, <laughs> which I don't know. I've had some not great uh, yeah. golden ale themed beers. Yeah, I just I there's I think at Wake we've always tried to keep it as almost like a like a Baskin Robbins because we want all 31 flavors represented. It you know just because. I want somebody to find something they like. Like we really do enjoy doing loggers, pilsners, kolsches, you know, mm -hmm. really just drinkable beers. And I think that a brewery that doesn't do those isn't showing you their whole cards. They're not like laying it all out there because you can't fucking hide behind anything in a logger. Like it's shit or it's good, you know? And I feel like with, a lot of especially some of these bigger IPAs that are just like triple hopped, you know, you can hide behind a lot of hops, you know, and I'm, yeah. I, I love IPAs. I love killer West coast. I learned to really enjoy really good hazy IPAs, you know, but I think it's also this trend of like, well, look how many different Mexican style BA stouts are there out there, you know? It's just like, I felt like there got to be a point where people were just like shoving whatever they could fucking think of into beer. And it's like, are you making beer? Or are you making fucking liquid candy bar right now? You know, it just, I feel like you know, I'm stoked in one hand because I always, I always try to tell people there's gotta be a time. Like when I was really booking music for a living i knew that i was gonna have to get an assistant at some point just to kind of help me keep up with things because i you know i can only be on social media so much to see mm. what's new and fresh and i feel like that's the same way with the beer world is you know you have to kind of acknowledge that no matter what you think about a slushy beer that it exists 
and there's lines down the block for it and that is your competition so which way do you go do you just kind of like thumb your nose at it you know or do you just kind of like accept it and stay in your own lane and that's just what we kind of did and just kind of like good or bad you know i just i don't want to chase it all like it's not all going to be good styles you know they're not not everything they're going to be fucking fads but i don't think hazy ip is going to be one of them you know i think that's just going to be i mean it's so bizarre when you're entering a beer on untapped like as a brewery you don't even in ipas you don't even have a fucking west coast option right now you can't call it a west coast ipa but you have a new england ipa you have a brood ipa you got a milkshake ipa you know fucking times are changing buddy you know so like <laughs> you have to you have to acknowledge and so you just call it ip uh, american ipa you know yeah I it's think like was... it's like metal you know you got metal yeah. you got you got then you got uh uh you have stoner metal then you have yeah. doom metal then you have black and doom metal then you have doomy black metal right i just learned a funeral doom all kinds of shit yeah i mean it's ever changing which is great too i mean it's great to see it i want to see you know i thought that we were the young kids on the block and within three years i'm just like in my own area we went we were like brewery number five and there's like literally 15 mm-hmm. you know and i'm not you know rock island and that vicinity the quad cities that's bordering iowa illinois on the mississippi it's not huge but to be able to have i think just in that area alone it's something like 12 and within an hour's I mean, you're getting 20. And when we started three years ago, it was six. You know, it's like that that just shows. I mean, there there's a big boom, but I, I think you're gonna you're gonna see some of those just kind of come and go. So yeah, long way around this. I do feel like that we've hit the spot and yeah. we're gonna see a, a little shedding of the skin, but it it you know, that's with anything, man. I mean. That's with anything. I think I, I think it's going to be for the better of craft beer. Probably. I would say so. Um, now, you know, talking again, talking about the relationship between craft beer and music, like there's such a there, as we've talked about a lot this evening, like there's a lot of connection between heavy metal. Like you're talking about uh, doing the booking at the, the beer bar and creating that mm-hmm. world. And it's, you know, has to do with like, the just like that niche uh dedication and the followers but like what was that what was that trajectory like i mean it was again like it really does kind of trace back to dark lord and that idea of like we're a bunch of fucking metal nerds and we want to do this but we want to have some fucking metal bands here too and you suddenly start seeing that every fucking metal band has a beer like a craft beer not you know not like you know major brand but it they're right. not, like almost every single one is like a craft uh or independent brewery i mean everybody yeah <laughs> you, i just you, uh, yourself like you have well i guess like three floyds leans pretty heavily into it with like the naming and doing it and whatnot but like you know and obviously you did your bongzilla beer but not all your beers are just named after you know like metal references but, no, I mean, you, yeah, I mean, I would say probably a lot of them, uh, <laughs> but I, I just, 
I mean, with Dark Lord and probably Todd when he was at Surly, you know, uh, they just, it was finally all the metalheads were coming out of the woodwork and they were able to own it. And I'm sure that they looked and were like, fuck these hippies, you know, like we're gonna, we've got the name recognition, like the spotlights on us now, seize the moment, fucking let's, let's book some of our favorite bands to play. And with like that Dark Lord Fest, I mean, it just, there's just a, man, I just, I get super stoked, you know, just thinking of how it, you know, how it's all played out and how it's all worked and just the community, like even with like Decibel Magazine doing the Beer and Metal Fest, I think even Psycho's got their own beer this coming year, if that, if it pops off, I just feel like they had the foresight to just kind of seize the moment and create this like uh door opening for us. When I, when I looked at it, I was looking at it from a point of like looking at, like I said, looking at bands and their merchandise and just how they survived. And I just kind of thought, were those broke dudes in a van about to play our little shitty venue night after night? Like how, how do you maintain like what what do you do and i started just kind of realizing that well i have a parking lot i have i've booked bands for 13 years so i know a lot of these guys and i'm just gonna kind of see you know when i opened up decibel magazine and i as a record collector you get the flexi record every month and i was like fuck man no one's done this yet no one no one's put on albums with bands, you know? And I just was like, sounds fucking crazy. Let's try it. And just Albert told me where he got his flexies. And I offered it to uh, an area group called Closet Witch. They were a grind band. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, I know them. Yeah. We did a Saison with them and put out a little flexi. Then we did one just recently with resin and did a Imperial style. Oh yeah. I remember when that dropped, I was like, Oh, yeah. please get me to rock Island. <laughs> right. Yeah. It turned out great. And I just, those guys I, are sick. Yeah. They've played, they played wake two or three times now. I think they've played every, every outdoor event that we've had, like every year. They're just such a fucking killer band and they just keep getting better and better. Like, just when I think that they're like, even the flexi that we did, I was just like, man, it's nice. Slow dub, really echoey, really mm -hmm. fucking reverb washed out. It's really nice. But I think it's a, a no pressure thing for them because it comes and goes like they can keep the rights to the song. I just want to put a 500 records out and they come with the four pack of beer because the flexi, sits perfectly almost on top of four canned beers. So, I mean, you mm -hmm. hand it to somebody, I give the bands their share of records. It probably looks cool on the merch table too. And that's free money for them. And it's just, it's, it's a simple, it's just a different way and a different way to stand out from even my own, you know, sub genre of uh, breweries, you know, it's just, we had to try to define ourselves and try to do some things a little bit different. I think doing the 
the band and beer collab existed before us. So we just had to get creative on like, how do we do it differently? Like, what do we do different? So we've been doing these riff infused commercials along with flexi releases. So we're doing like these online commercials with the bands that are really cool. The riff infused, we've done one with the band of Seethe, one with Brian Barr alone from a Seethe. We did one with John from Conan, the Bongzilla one that we just did recently and we've got some cool cool i mean it's hitting another level like this next year the releases are going to be pretty pretty fucking epic like the names are just it's insane i don't know how i did it <laughs> <laughs> well you know I, I know how you did it you just you did it yeah you i just fuck it. yeah i just said fuck it you know and i've had bands tell me no you know but i've had bands tell me yes so it's been it's been nice you know some see the vision some don't and then some just don't want to and some really want to so it's just you just gotta i don't know man it's like anything you just gotta try to constantly stay creative and passionate about what you're doing and try to separate yourself even from your own you can pull each other up and still try to outdo each other in ways you know it can be i don't want to see any of my homies be one of these ones that are the victim of the oversaturation. So I'm going to do whatever I can to make sure they're not. Right. And I feel like when I start thinking about it, I don't know of metal brewery that I don't think is going to walk out of this other side. Fine. You know, they're all going to be good. You know, we, it, it's got, we take care of our own. That's, that's a crazy thing. It's just like, you almost, it's that secret handshake. You yeah. know, it's, Cause we're all burned out of talking about fucking craft beer anyway. So we can go <laughs> straight to fucking music and just be a music nerd with each other and not have to talk about like fucking craft. But when it comes down to it and you need a hand, you know, those are always the first people that I try to reach out to. And mm -hmm. in turn, I feel like it's the same way, you know, it's nice. Well, I'm going to make you talk about craft beer some more. <laughs> it's all good. I don't mind. I don't what? mind talking. <laughs> What what craft beer are you most proud of that you've made with Wake? It could be more than one. So we do just a straight classic style style called Hand of Doom. And that one we started when we were home brewing, you know, and it just that one never went away. Like we've tweaked the recipe over home brewing and competitions, and it did really well in like national competitions and it's just always, it's just, I'm really happy with the balance of it because there's like that roastiness, but there's no coffee in it. And it's got that chocolatey kind of taste, but there's no chocolate. Like just, it's got a great blend of, of grains. It's just, it's nice. It's an easy drinker. I think it's an easy gateway stout for people, mm -hmm. you know, that can just like, uh, it's, it's just that one I'm really proud of because that's probably the oldest. And then uh, we do a barrel-aged Russian Imperial Stout called uh, Ultra Omega BA. So instead of Soundgarden's Ultra Omega OK. Mm. Just, you know, oh, OK. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get um, it. Yeah. But I love it just because there's not a bunch of weird adjuncts or additives to it it's literally a russian imperial stout that was barrel aged in a bourbon barrel for a fucking year and you pull it out and that's what it is and it's just 
every every year it's just it's it's beautiful and it ages nicely you know but i don't find that one to be like a it's never too hot like yeah i find with some barrel aged rush imperial stouts like that was something that really bothered me with i i hate cellaring like i hate the idea of like holding on to beers for years and then cracking them like i don't know why that's a thing like it's i feel like as a brewery you owe it to your like customer release the fucking beer when it's ready and drink it like that shouldn't be on the customer i mean it's going to travel and now you're asking them to keep it at a certain fucking temp and when guys like crack open these beers that are fucking 10 years old i don't i've never maybe i'm fucking wrong i don't know i've never tasted one that got better with fucking age there's some that are really hot yeah that i think could take some age and they mellow out and they're better but i never I I still don't think I've discovered a Russian Imperial Stout other than mellowing out its booziness. I've never seen one develop into this fucking swan song of a beer to be holding <laughs> on to. Like, yeah, I mean, I I I was into it, and I I definitely like held on to some beers for a long time. And yeah, how many how many did you hold on to? You held on too long, and you taste them, and you're like, fuck, I don't taste. Oh yeah. It any yeah. of the vanilla anymore i don't taste any it's just yeah caramel it's like the really like the only things that i'm still holding on to are like dark lords and yeah. uh that's because i know those fuckers can sustain you know and... oh yeah yeah i think everything <laughs> can sustain i just think that but there's merit to i think they're like a good example of there's merit to you can drink it fresh absolutely i don't think right. you can not drink the beer I mean, I think it's great. You know, I, yeah. I know, I know, I know that Dark Lord always goes through like it has, you know, the, uh, everybody wants to like hate on it and make fun of it because of like what it is and whatnot. And like, yeah, that's fine, but it's still a great beer. And I mean, I haven't had a bad bottle of it. And I, as far as I'm concerned, I'm like, most I don't of, need another beer fest, I guess. Yeah. I mean, most, most of the time when people are hating on it, they're just, everyone wants to see you and be like your co-pilot on your way up. And then when you're actually fucking owning shit, they want to shit on you for some reason. Like everyone equally yeah. likes to see you this way. And then they like to see to help try to tear you down. Dark Lord's a great fucking Russian Imperial style period. Fucking end of story. Like fuck off. If you don't think so. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of great ones. I mean, but I, yeah, I mean, I don't know why anyone would dog shit on that beer. I don't I don't get it like it just because it, it just, got put on a pedestal and people need to not right it down. right yeah rightfully so like I mean fuck it you can have a thousand pedestals like why do yeah. you got a dog you know why is somebody I just I never really got that out of like beer nerds like wow yeah, man, I, you I, like I, you paid yeah. that much and he traded that many bottles and now a year later you want to shit on the brand that like you're you're a fuck boy you know you're like <laughs> a, a fucking idiot you know like yeah I, just... I mean look dude like i i'm not gonna lie i mean i love the shit out of you know some what you would not call like high caliber beers but you know as far as i'm concerned like i like i can't drink the same amount of them but like i like uh dosecchi's amber as much as i like 
Dark Lord. They're both five star beers for me. And it's like, yeah, why? Man. Because Dosecchi's Amber does exactly what it needs to do. And it tastes great. And Dark yeah. Lord does exactly what it needs to do. And it tastes great. They both are like a five out of five because they hit the marks. Yeah, I mean, it's they're fucking classic. I mean, both Modelo's fucking phenomenal fucking beers. Like, yeah, dude, consistency. You know, that that should be a fucking five star. Don't even get me on untapped. I'm <laughs> <laughs> I not going to go there. Yeah, cool. Like, uh, I mean, I was an untapped user for a long time and oh, I, I got off of it. And I it's totally, a useful tool. It's a very useful app. But I think it's just gone way sideways. It's gone sideways. You know, it's sense. like it's like Yelp, like or, yeah. you know, you're just kind of like, wow, this guy constantly shits on everything. I bet I like this beer. Yeah. You know, it's just like when I look at somebody's like Yelp reviews on a restaurant, it's just like this person obviously has shitty taste and just wants to hate on things because uh, they're not doing anything on their own. So why not try to tear somebody else's dream apart? So I'm going to go eat at that place. <laughs> as so. Well, as we are, uh, have you tried as we are in the month of uh cannabis have you tried doing anything with cannabis and beer or are you just like nope that doesn't need to happen so there's a local uh cbd and thc extractor company like by us and uh they've approached us to at least try to look at doing like cbd beers i just haven't had one i don't think it's there yet in illinois so mm -hmm. we haven't really fucking taking the time like i don't know if legally we can do it in illinois yet and it was something i've been looking through ttb like federal regulations on how you go about doing that but we're gonna do it i mean i'm just afraid that that's gonna be like when that thc thing happens it's almost gonna be cliche to do one like right there's probably a billion dudes already ahead of us that already have their shit dialed in the day they say go, they even just start pumping as much THC as you want into beers. We're going to do it though. I mean, I just, I, we haven't really screwed with it. She dropped off a bunch of gummies and a bunch of data sheets for my brother to like get science geeked out on and try to figure out a way to make it work. And I ate the gummies. And so it was fucking, it works out for both of us. <laughs> nice. But yeah, I, I love the idea, you know, it's just, it's just another, uh, I'd like to see how it pans out. Like, I, I mean, I haven't seen the wave yet, but I mean, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah. You know, are they already starting to make, I, I haven't even, I don't even think I've had a THC. I don't think I've, beer. I don't think I've had a THC one. I know I've had like a hemp, like a hemp yeah. one. And I, I mean, I've, we okay. we messed around with uh terrapins. We've we've definitely thrown those and uh like small batch beer for ourselves to kind of fuck with like the noses mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But I just yeah, I haven't I haven't sold anything to the public yet or have it on I mean it's gonna take me to make sure that we can pull it off properly. I mean right. that's just yeah. kind of like a I don't want to half-ass and rush into it. It's something that does, I know will need to happen and we want it to happen, but it would be fucking cool. Yeah. I mean, I look forward to the time that we can do it. We just, I mean, it, it was literally just last month. Somebody dropped us off all the 
you know, the world's a big fucking dumpster fire right now. So it's just like, I kind of just put that shit over in another pile. And it's just like, yeah, we'll get to it when it makes sense. Yeah, but it's going to happen. I mean, it's going to have to. I mean, if Wake doesn't do a fucking THC CBD infused beer, then yeah, we've kind of missed our, our vision. I'm sure, you know. Yeah. stoner doom dudes that like craft beer like why wouldn't you want to just i mean it sounds like a big fucking kfc failure bowl you know <laughs> like just dump it all into one fucking can and just drink up and get stoned and quench your thirst eat your liquid meal listen to your record <laughs> i don't know man every time i smoke too much and drink too much it never ends well for me yeah dude i just uh I just really reconnected with smoking again recently because I'm just trying to like chill on the as much as I drink. And I've really re-embraced marijuana a lot lately. Like I really, mm-hmm. Yeah, same I've, here. I yeah. forgot how much I, I loved it. I love leaf though. Like every time I hit a fucking vape pen, man, I just, I hit it too hard. Like Oh yeah, dude. I'm, that's always my problem too. I'm like, I'm like three seconds max. And then you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah the first time i did one a vape pen uh our buddies that uh, have a brewery in uh tinley park chicago or tinley park illinois called sound growler they were oh, yeah. having i know yeah. them good yeah. stuff yeah so one of the one of the owners came up to me hand me a fucking pen i'm like what the fuck ever we're drinking people are passing around joints so i was good with that smoking bowls and at the tent and hands me this pen i'm hitting it then he just kind of looks at me and I just kind of got away. I was like, was that a lot? He's like, and I swear to God, I fucking took the hit that I took. I had smoke coming out of my fucking kneecaps. Like, I don't even know how you get smoke that far down into your body, (laughs) but like, I could not, not stop having smoke coming out of my mouth and man, the fucking paranoia just like got over the top of me and, some dude's handed me a fucking bottle of 10 year old dark Lord. That's hot as fuck. Cause it's was in his backpack. And I just remember looking at my brother. I was like, dude, I think I'm having a heart attack right now. Like I just remember it just like, and they're playing fucking like Ike electric wizard over the fucking PA, just blasting it. And yeah. where we're at, it's like, all yeah. And it's all echoey chamber. And I'm just like, fuck. I couldn't maintain, dude. I took a fucking Uber ride and went back to the hotel and crashed for like two hours and then came back. And I remember as I'm walking back in, dude comes up to me. It's like right in front of my brother. It's like, hey, man, you want another hit of that vape pen? And I was like sitting there going like, well, I didn't have a heart attack, so it was just a panic attack, I think. So I'm going to take another hit of this vape pen. And I, remember, <laughs> and I remember my brother just like, I will kick the fuck out of you, dude. Like, no. And I don't think I would. Yeah, I would have totally taken the hit of that vape pen and just fucking went right back into it. So I don't fuck with them. The couple times that I've done it, I, I take too big of hits. I'm a I'm a fucking dummy. Like, and I I can't handle like I can't like everything's great. It's the same thing with craft fucking beer, man. Like, like I was talking about how like the elevation of like everyone's doing epic fucking IPAs, like you can't buy dirt weed anymore it doesn't fucking exist like right all all growers make this and then these fucking little young scientists have figured out like how to make like god weed 
And it's just like, it's like fucking smoking DMT or some shit. Like, I, I, I don't even fucking understand how you put DMT into marijuana. But <laughs> I fucking, like, I start, yeah. So I just stick to fucking leaf anymore. Just smoke a bowl, smoke a joint, and just, I feel like old man can pace himself that way. But it's been nice. You know, it's well, it's been legal in uh, Illinois, and now it's legal in yep. New Jersey. and legal in new york so uh and i think in virginia now too so yeah it's getting there i actually yeah we live we actually live in iowa which for some reason it's not legal even though we're a big fucking farm state like it just yeah whatever i mean it's a it's a political thing yeah but that old guard's leaving soon enough so we'll be there and until then i guess i'll just live illegal i mean i did it for fucking 30 plus years i can do it a few more if i got to <laughs> it's still funny though because like it still feels illegal to me you know what i mean yeah i don't find myself even in illinois like being like super like i'm just kind of like so you're saying they can't arrest us if we it doesn't sound as fun anymore to like smoke out on somebody's steps you know it just like it took some of the fucking coolness away from it just by being completely legal you know i don't know there's i still don't i feel like they're gonna pull the rug out and go like ah y'all came out come to prison you know it's like well yeah and i mean i think a lot of it does have to do with like actually that part of it like the whole you know prison like the whole like getting people out of jail who don't belong there and shit like that too right yeah well hopefully we keep heading that direction where they yeah. Just start fucking letting like people that just Yeah, that's a whole other fucking thing, man. That's just insane. It's yeah. insane. Dudes are like doing life for fucking marijuana. Yeah. Doing life for doing life for really any drug. Like it's like that's fucking bizarre to me. Just completely bizarre. Yeah. I know it, it totally is. And uh I hope that there's more changes around it. So, you know, it's it's something that people forget about it because it's now just becoming such a, a thing you know yeah i mean it's just it's every day like i mean it, like yeah, the stoner almost... comedy is dead essentially <laughs> yeah right yeah yeah jim brewer and those kind of people aren't really making the living they made at one point it's like <laughs> no well on the i don't have too many other questions um okay. And uh, you kind of alluded to it before. Uh, I don't know how much we'll keep in there, but I mean, do you have anything you want to promote? Plug, obviously, you know, you've got a new bruise coming out. And, uh, you know, I know you have some musical projects in the works. Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping we can do some. uh, Hoping if people keep up getting vaccinated in this, you know, we find our way out of COVID, we can start doing some live shows outside the summer. You know, I've, I've gotten a couple offers tentatively. We've got some epic beer and flexi releases that are coming out regardless. I just can't name the names yet. One is I just don't want to jinx myself either because, you know, the Mm -hmm. songs haven't been sent and the beer hasn't been made. So, but if everything goes how it's supposed to go, I mean, this next year, I mean, Wake will be banging out a bunch of really rare limited records and fucking rad beers and, Hopefully we're, you know, doing these beer and metal fests with Decibel over the next year. And maybe we can 
you know, hit a Dark Lord days again soon. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I just I feel like we're hitting we're hitting our stride now. I I, mm. I feel really really good about like uh, what Wake's got going on. Like I'm I'm really I'm really fucking I'm stoked. I mean, as you can tell by my ultra monotone voice, <laughs> I, I am actually really happy. I just happen to have like a really fucking monotone ass voice. That's all good. Yeah, we we know we know you're being genuine. So and yeah. uh, you know, uh, if I if I can uh, get back out to Dark Lord, I will, as I said at the top of the episode, make it a point to get out to Wake Brewing. Uh, it's pretty much just like a goal now. Like just got to do it. <laughs> Right? Yeah, it'll be worth the trip, man. It'll be worth so, the trip. But until then, um, stay safe. Thank you for coming on. This was really cool and very insightful. Ah, thank you, man. It was fucking fun. I like talking and, about beer, metal, and weed. <laughs> I mean, that's like three of my favorite things, so beer, metal, and weed. Like, I feel like if you like all three, it's pretty much three of your favorite things, no matter what, you know? Do you think depending on the city, Decibel could lean into that, the Decibel Metal and Weed Festival? Or is that too much? Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, I feel like from hanging out at them, it's already the Decibel (laughs) Metal, Beer, and Weed Festival. I mean, dudes were tipping us joints uh, in Los Angeles. So that was kind of nice. I just had a bucket. Everyone had these tip buckets, and I said, uh, weed money or some shit like that and and dudes were just dropping joints and i got really high in la for free it's always the kind, yeah the kindness of metalheads it's that metalhead community man Keep yeah it really is yeah everyone likes a party yeah so well thanks man and yeah, thank uh you. we'll touch base again we'll get you back on at some point or uh you know we'll cross paths down the road i hope absolutely we will we sure. will absolutely Thank you. That'll do it for this chapter of the diary.